0: Welcome to the latest edition of the SWN Podcast. I am your host, as always, Billy, and I am joined on this episode uh, with the leader, the ho- householder, the, um, paid, uh, uh, I don't know how else to put it, but you're, you're the head of the uh, House of Lovelust. It's London Lovelust. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you very much, Billy. <laughs> so I'm very excited for this one because I'm, I'm slowly picking up uh, all, all the folks from Renegade Wrestling just like one interview at a time. And uh, finally, got yourself on. So, so very excited to, to finally hear the story of Love Lust. And uh, I'm just, I'm saying, I'm saying your surname several times because in in previous results, first couple of results we did for Renegade, I was determined your name was London Love Dust. So, <laughs> I'm just saying it out loud so I, I remember as we go along here. Um, first question is always the same, though. It's a, a cliched podcast wrestling question. Uh, how did you get into pro wrestling? So, what was the the moment watching that got you hooked into it? Oh, that is a good question.
1: Um, so I don't I don't remember too vividly because I was about seven when I started watching wrestling. Um, but from what I do remember, it was kind of just a, you know, I'd come in from school and my dad would get him from work, and he'd put like. I don't even know what channel it was on like but he'd he'd put he'd put the telly on and we'd he'd watch WWE and I I just vaguely remember this like a sudden obsession growing while he'd watch it with like he'd be like oh like oh I'm into Sheamus and like oh Kofi Kingston and like and I I obviously appreciate a lot of the the male superstars on the roster but I just remember this ever growing like interest in the women on the on the roster and like kind of being like oh it was even back then that I remember kind of like
0: Beth Phoenix and Mickey James so oh, so I'm like, guessing from the names you give me so we're talking about 2009 2010 kind of or is it a bit later yeah yeah I I did I did start watching around 2007
1: but I don't remember that as well because yeah, I was only seven, but um, also do bear with me because I am a millennial. So.
0: <laughs> a, lot so of, right.
1: a lot of wrestling references get lost on me. <laughs> I'll often be at uh, the dojo and someone will say something like, oh, I remember this and this, and I'll be
0: like, no. Yeah. And they'll be fine. like, how dare you? <laughs> that That's absolutely fine. Um, I, the, the, All the things I always bring up is uh, like, I've had quite a lot of, of trainees and, or, or people that have only had maybe a couple of matches and uh, they, they do like their point of references. Oh, I remember Jeff Hardy and I get all excited and then they say versus CM Punk and then I just like age myself terribly because I remember when he started and that is definitely not when he started in 2009 uh, time when, <laughs> when we're referencing CM Punk as well. So it's it's fine. I will probably, I'll, I'll, hope, I'll try not to bring up too many... Uh, Pre two thousand references. I mean, please, um, but I might just not get them. <laughs> it's okay. It has to be better than the last few episodes where I went into far too much chat about King of the Two Thousand, which I'm not. I can't, I can't discuss it anymore because you know, I, I don't think anyone else is going to appreciate that than I will. Even though I saw a video of it today on TikTok, which is a whole other issue. Um, so, so who, who do you remember? So, remember you Remember Kofi, Remember the, the the women there. So you said Mickey James, um, 2010. So. F- you said Phoenix, Eve maybe, Eve Torres, Torres. Ellis
1: maybe. I always said that, like, I'm not too clued in on a lot of wrestling, but, well, I mean, compared to a lot of trainees, but if I was to go on Mastermind, my subject would be the women of WWE from, like,
0: around that time zone. Like, yeah. So I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big nerd for doing things like uh, online quizzes during the day when I'm um, – Supposed to be working, and uh, that always seems to be my sticking point. And I don't know why 2000, 2009 to 2013 it just seems to be a just absolutely blanked out my memory of wrestling, and it's, it's ridiculous, especially the Divas division. There's, there's so many names that came in and cropped in and in and out and in and out. And um, I mean, last names I remember that are obscure like 2003, and I was like Joy Giovanni. And uh and all those kids, see, gone. Not not nothing. <laughs> um so so yeah, so it's it's yeah, it was a weird, it's just a time where once once the bell is a big Victoria popped up at some point, she then she yeah. was oh, just it was a, it was a very it was a weird time because when you mm-hmm. looked at the roster back then, now I went back and looked at there were so many great women's wrestlers, but they were still it was still like the divas division at the same time it was a very yeah. weird mix that they never really got a handle on or they're quite happy just to stick on one lane and it just yeah. be divas um so yeah so the so the women were your were your jam um for, for that when you started watching um did you ever get to um, cause you're kind of central based or did you ever get to any live shows uh, yeah. in
1: I've actually never Nah, I've never got a chance to I'd love to but um I mean, I'm not even sure many, many people like many shows came past near Blackpool where I grew up. So. All right. Okay. So, but, so, so
0: you're William Regal country. That's yeah. where you grew up then. Right. Okay. I don't know much about the the uh, English wrestling scene. I'll be perfectly honest. So i so fine. It's between the two of us. We're, we're okay. We're, we, we, neither of us know anything about down there. So it's fine. Um, I think Peace, I think Preston City Wrestling runs down there. That's about all I've got when it comes mm-hmm. to Blackpool. Um. So you go from that, and then you're watching it. How did you go from watching to to giving it a go then? Was there any any aspirations to try it growing up? Did you do any trampoline wrestling? Did you do any backyarding? What was your kind of growth into that area? I mean, yeah.
1: Not, not trampoline wrestling, but, like, outside in the garden, which is unsafe, <laughs> or, like, on the bed. I just... So, yeah, I, I kind of, like started watching wrestling like i said when i was seven eight nine ish and then i kind of went through a phase where i didn't watch it for a bit from the ages of like 11 to 14 and then when i was about 15 i started getting back into it and then i kind of um well me and my pal chloe back down in blackpool would would wrestle a lot but she i got her into wrestling because she she'd never watched it until she was 15 when i got her into it and um yeah i i I don't know i kind of i just have always watched raw and smackdown every week and some of the well now i get to watch the pay views now i have money to actually rent wwe network um also have seen little bits of like AEW impact here and there but again not massively clued up in it and then when i started living alone when i moved to glasgow for uni i was gonna get into it and I went to one, one um training session but I I cannot for the life of me remember where it was for some reason. Um but I went to one wasn't a massive fan it was quite brawly and rough men and I was like oh, a bit intimidated. Um but and then COVID happened so didn't do anything and then after covid had happened i was just like looking up places to see how maybe i should actually like reinvest in it and get into it again and then i found renegade and i messaged michelle or aisha and um she was just super friendly and
0: like yeah please come along and try out and yeah yeah I've I've heard your background. Well, I've heard a little bit of your background when I was speaking to Brody Adler for uh for the first Renegade show, uh, which well, that was that was a, a, a crazy time anyway because of of everything that was going on uh, around Renegade, um and she was like just glowing your just your pra- was blowing your praises whatever the phrase is. I've absolutely I messed that one up but um glowing glow whatever um saying nice stuff about you we'll go with yeah. that um and. She was saying like you had like a, a, a gymnastic background. Am I right? Thinking that there was a bit of a what was your kind of sport background? Did you do things like gymnastics or or what was your kind of background there? Well, I've never. i like I've I've done dance classes,
1: and but not like excessively. I'm trained in music and acting, um, so the performance side I've always been interested in in wrestling the sort of actuary stuff but and I've always practiced gymnastics like on my own growing up and even before wrestling I was like like my dad would watch the Olympics and I'd be obsessed with like the figure skating and the gymnastics um so it, it was kind of more that that region that I was interested in before wrestling that kind of made me yeah practice gymnastics solely but and then in in dance classes I would always be like focus on the quite flexible or like flamboyant sort of moves over the like hip-hop or something um yeah and then watching the divas division like when I mentioned during that era really appealed to my interests because there was like yeah like mickey james doing hurricane runners out the corner and like gail kim flipping all over the place and stuff like so i i kind of got a background in dance and gymnastics but less so than i would like to say (laughs) I, I, i suppose my body takes more naturally to just like those sorts of things and i'm just naturally interested in them yeah
0: I suppose another name popped in my head was like Alicia Fox as well, very flexible and and did all these like big scissor kicks and oh, and okay. uh, the best Northern Lights suplex and in, in wrestling. Oh. So so I've heard. Uh, so before that, so you said just before before that you did one session. Can't remember where it was. Don't know where it was. I'm assuming there was mats involved. If it's anywhere that I could think of, around about that area, um, and that was it. it. It was a bit too a bit too, I don't know, laddie, rough and tumble, blokey bloke blokes. Lad, lad, lads, you know, kind of thing, yeah. And uh, and then that was it until, of course, then COVID started. Um, did you go to with that being said? Did you go to shows in Glasgow, like your your ICW or anything like that, where you, was anything at all or was it just you just went, oh, I'm going to try this wrestling thing, typed it into Google, and there you went. Yeah, the second real. I've I've actually never
1: been to a wrestling show. <laughs> they haven't competed on. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. I've always I've always been the wrestler and not. Have I ever been to a wrestling show? I don't think I have. No. I've watched it
0: on TV and that's, that's about it. Finally, I mean at least at least you've watched it. That's, that's always always a good sign. Um so yeah, so yeah, so none at all, and you just went straight into to that. So COVID happened, you you contacted Renegade or or wherever it was beforehand and we're into renegade. Um how did you find that kind of first couple of sessions? Then, because from what I'm hearing uh, from the likes of Aisha and, and Brody, and and uh, I spoke to the Struthers and Katzebella and what have you, it's quite a, a re- quite relaxed environment. Um, did you find that was quite important to have because you had this prior experience of the of this kind of Loki culture beforehand? Totally. I mean, I it wasn't even necessary.
1: Like. it wasn't even necessarily the blokey cult no it was but it wasn't you know it was nice to have renegade's atmosphere of like just very welcoming and it, it is quite relaxed but we do we do train like quite vigorously at points i would say um but when i first went i just did some private sessions with aisha and i mean she she wasn't afraid to throw me around (laughs) um and she it did feel like she threw me in at the deep end which is what i wanted because even though i didn't want to be surrounded by like this sort of blokey intimidating sometimes toxic like masculine culture i i still wanted to wrestle like quite hardcore you know and well, probably not hardcore, as a lot of people would call it, but I still wanted to like really throw myself into it and I wasn't afraid to get hurt and like wasn't afraid to do like bigger moves for a newbie. So yeah, it, but regarding the people involved in the the fellow trainees and wrestlers, like it was really, once I had joined the group um setting and I wasn't doing privates anymore, which didn't last too long, when I did join the group setting, it was very like just
0: welcoming and lovely and everything that I hoped it would be yeah so for those that are unaware though because um, I spoke to Brody in this in the previous in a previous podcast that um, you identify as non-binary so that's that's something that I don't know if there's anyone else especially in this country that that's wrestling that identifies that of course there's many people that does uh that do so that's obviously a difference maker so like I say, like said, the, the we're not going to stick. We're not going to focus on this blokey culture thing. We will get away from it. Uh, but you're in that kind of weird position of of the the guys' sessions and uh, the the bo and sweat sessions are a bit too, like I say, blokey. They don't know it could be last las, las, They might not accept you as a person as mm. as who you are. I'm sure they would, but you know, in in there's always that men, mentality yeah. there. Um, whereas like the, the all female classes, it could be the same. So you're trying to find this kind of middle ground and yeah. Renegade seems to just have that um, culture. I'm, I'm I'm sure that there, are there there will be other training schools that will have the exact same kind of uh, mentality and culture, but Renegade at least is is pushing in at the forefront of that ex- uh, exclusivity, is uh, as their, as their word. They use exclusivity uh, in there. So joining the group sessions, you said that... Um, that no, actually, we'll focus back on the non-binary a bit because I've just kind of just ran all over that and then it just carried on so i don't i don't know how much you want to talk about or how much knowledge i can i can use to ask you questions but when did you first uh, identify as a non-binary so it actually wasn't too long ago it was about a
1: year and a half ago two years I posh um i just moved into the fact that i'm in now and i was kind of like well, I've I've always been, I've always like felt like a queer person, I, like a person part of the LGBTQ community, but and and before I I'd identified as non-binary, I just identified as a gay male or a bisexual male. Um, but just yeah, having having the space and freedom in this also very privileged environment I'm in at uni, which is very liberal. And open having space and freedom to just like feel out who I am and like situate myself within the broad range of gender and identities was yeah it was just something that I was coming to terms with and then I mean even even growing up like I like to reference it back to that watching the divas and the women there was a reason that I was only obsessed with the women and it, wa- it wasn't necessarily because I was watching them in their bras and panties matches <laughs> it was because I identified with them and was like I see myself in you and I want to be like you um
0: so yeah it was probably about a year and a half ago like I say that's really fresh then especially when you're you're deciding to to pursue this this uh this wrestling thing uh and and all that going into your going through your mind before you even get your first session with with Aisha, so that's yeah, that's quite quite a fresh thing that, that you've just jumped into two feet two footed and and just went ah oh, you know what this is how I feel this is how comfortable I am um now that I've I've identified this way I'm just going to go beat up some people instead that's in a controlled environment why not let's just do it um, so so you joined the group sessions and you said as you said it's a very comfortable environment everyone was was there for each other um how did you find how did you find working with You'd I mean, already be tossed around by, by Aisha uh, quite quite frequently at that point. But how was what was it like getting into uh, that group environment with the likes of that would be the Struthers and and, and and Brody who I've already mentioned? What was that like? I mean, at first, you know, they they're
1: all quite, especially the Struthers, they're quite intimidating. <laughs> <laughs> but without giving too much away, they are just. Lovely, lovely people at heart. And I mean, I'm obviously not going to out anyone that isn't necessarily comfortable to be openly public about it yet, but there are other members in the roster of the LGBTQ community. So to hear that reciprocated um, back to me is like, oh, I'm not the only one here too. And obviously, like you said, um, renegade, exclusively saying that they are an inclusive environment and promote that is just like a a um great place to to be in because I I I also wondered like obviously intergender wrestling happens all the time all over the world, but with things like changing rooms, for example, backstage, I was always nervous that like I'd be grouped with the lads or like I'd be grouped with just the girls or it wouldn't be like I wouldn't be acknowledging who I'm, but I I also went into that knowing full well that I might just have to deal with that, that like, that's something that I'm comfortable with navigating if it came to it for the sake of my passion for wrestling and wanting to do it. But that was also met with like, just such open arms, you know? And they were like, well, we can put you where you're comfortable and we can ask where else if other people are comfortable with that and we'll figure it out. And then we did. So it was really nice to hear that. But yes. The likes of Cat Speller, Brodie Adler, of The Struther Sisters, um, Iona Sky, uh, Jade Black, they are all, all wonderful people. And I'm loving to getting to know them more and more every time that we train. And obviously, there's not always chance to chat loads, but I do get to chat a bit with them and becoming good friends with all of them they are all lovely people i haven't got honestly
0: a negative thing to say about any of them i mean we're, we're still at time you might find one one or two uh but no no, no. We're, we're a positive podcast here we tried to be anyway uh unless i end up getting my soapbox about something or or, or something else but no I, I like that like yeah you don't want to be pigeonholed but you're you're happy to compromise if if it's for the the greater good so to speak yeah. If it if it means you get to to Go forward, uh, and you have to maybe just do one thing or another uh, safely and consensually. Then, then you're quite happy just to to go that way. Which is, which I suppose, same with anyone really, isn't isn't it? If it's, it's just the way the world the world works, a little bit of compromise goes a long way. Um, so as, as I was hearing again, I'm re- referencing this chat with Brody, because my pretty much most of my information, because otherwise I've just got your your three matches and. That's about it. Otherwise <laughs> of my information and my notes here. Um, it was very you're very quick from joining the group classes to being on the debut show for Renegade. So wh- where did you find out that, that Aisha was kind of putting this together and and that she was possibly putting you in a spot to to compete not only once but also a second time uh, on that show? I mean not long yeah,
1: not long after I joined the group classes. She was starting to, like, do matchups, And it almost felt as if I didn't even know I was going to be in it. And then she was like, of course you're in it. Like, you're great. You can wrestle and you're a great performer. Obviously, you're in it. And I was like, oh, my God. But, oh, my God. But, like, this is what I came to do, And, like, I'm very
0: excited for it. Um... Yeah. I mean... Cool. The results now while while you're doing that. So just so I, I think you were you were the opening match, weren't you, for the the show. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. So if we come into you've told you get your match. Um we'll, we'll go into the second match in a second as well. But um first match in you're against Tom Fulton. So you're not only going in with someone you possibly only spent very little time with, because Tom would have maybe came over a session or two or or even that. And you're putting the first match on this first show for Renegade Wrestling um, against, against, as I said, Tom Fulton. What, I mean, how how do you react to be told that, that, right, you're opening the show and you're going in with one of the most experienced wrestlers in the country?
1: Well, for, for, firstly, I was very intimidated, but I was also excited. Um, upon meeting Tom, he was very... Um, friendly and lovely and i didn't i didn't know too much about his work because i like i said i'm only quite clued up on we and like pop culture wrestling and i'm not too educated on like in the british wrestling scene so it was it was yeah it was intimidating but also i knew working with a veteran like Tom, that I would be safe, and he made me feel safe in it.
0: Um, yeah. So when you're putting together London Love Lust, then uh, the 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 demeanor, the the uh, the alter ego, what have you, of of London. Um, was there an image in mind that you had? Uh, did, were, what you presented on that first match was that what you wanted to present, or or is it still a little bit of a work in progress? It's a good question.
1: I'm glad you asked that.
0: Um, the first match, I was a bit
1: disappointed within, especially the like the personality of London, and I was, I think it was just because it was my first match, and Tom is such like a a character as well. It was like whoa, like I don't know how to fit myself within this like highly performative world you know and it's not just the character that you've got to be you've also got to wrestle so yeah navigating the intersection between those things was very like I I think I was too focused in the first match on the wrestling but now I'm becoming more confident and comfortable with it I have time to be in character be
0: London and wrestle well hopefully, most of the time. Let's <laughs> have, have a wee look at what I, what I said about the match because I watched it, and obviously I'm on their side of the barrier, so I have no experience. I've never taken a bump, and never planned to uh, <laughs> do it either, but yeah, I was I, I did I did point out that there was, there was definitely character work there, and there was definitely um, I could I, I put that the character part was down, but it was just putting it into the actual work, the in-ring work, and I, that's pretty much echoed what you said there is that like you're focused on one thing and didn't didn't get translated into the other and so there's definitely yeah I mean like I say it's your first match opening the show especially with all the the ska and that that went around Renegade starting because of course it was supposed to be a different show it's supposed to be run by a different company promotion and then all this kind of went in the same week and then it, it still happened and then you're going out there with with Tom and I suppose it is is probably good that you didn't know of his reputation because I think that would probably be more nervous I think that he's been wrestling for, for longest since I've watched. So I've watched for over ten years now. So yeah, he's, he's been wrestling for a, a fair while, and he's got this massive character as well. And like I say, you coming in with with London Love last, another potentially big character as well. It's just yeah, it was picking your spots. And like I say, for a first match, I was I was happy with it. I've I've watched it enough to know what know what I like and know what I don't like. I suppose at the end of the day and. You know, if my opinion counts for anything, then then there you go. Uh, it, can I can I
1: comment on that quickly? Yes, yeah. it totally did. I remember reading your um, what would you call it?
0: The like review. I think, I think review. is, supposed I suppose what it's called. Words of of that I write down. I, I review is probably pushing it, but carry kind on. Of. <laughs> um, I remember, call, I remember reading the review
1: and being like you're so right. I do need to become the London love lost. And those were your words. And I was like, I know what I need to do. (laughs) And then from that moment on, like in training sessions, I wasn't just Brandon anymore. I regularly method acted as London still do to like heighten it and get used to it. And because I, I don't want London to be a quiet character. I want them to be this larger than life character. So yeah it was really nice to read your review and be like mm, you know what i need
0: to do and so do i <laughs> it's it's weird because i've seen quite a few first matches or first couple matches in, in my time in my years of watching uh, wrestling in scotland anyway and mm-hmm. it it's always the same it's 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 literally the same where where someone debuts and they're not entirely there with what they want to do they're quite hunched over and they're small and it's just it's the weirdest thing to to watch and it's great to see it Grow as well because it's amazing to do that. But yeah, when you see someone finally just click in their arms, I-, I said spread, spread them wings is what I said in the review because once you see them stop punching and like doing all the expressive movements and that, when you you find out, I think when the more you find out about wrestling and more you get comfortable with your character, the less wrestling you have to actually do. True. <laughs> so true, which is not necessarily
1: what I want to do though. Like yeah. I, I love the performativity, but. I love the moves in the wrestling more than anything, but you are so right. What makes a good
0: performance is the performativity. Yeah. I mean, the biggest wrestler in Scotland is Grado, and I, I'm fairly certain he's not taken a bump in at least three years. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so, so from that, when you when you're like say you, you enjoy the moves and you, you like the art form of wrestling itself, mm. was there anyone that you were particularly told to go check, go study? Was there? I'm thinking for a flamboyant character like London Lovelust, you may be put towards like Dalton Castle or uh, even f- back in t- early 2000s, Rico or something like that. S- someone that was like incorporated that flamboyance into their actual wrestling moves. Was there anyone in particular?
1: Totally. My my only point of reference which is strange because I am a queer wrestler was Dolph Sigler, which isn't a great reference, but I enjoyed his natural femininity and like um, not even flamboyancy, but not arrogance either, but like something there. But yeah, Dalton Castle was a a great reference point. And when I looked into him, I was like, wow, this is a different version of London Love Lost. I also got told about Sonny Kiss, who, Yeah. yeah, and his moves are also incredible not necessarily a huge fan of his style but of his like wrestling style but also obviously appreciate uh, a queer wrestler in a bigger
0: company it's great to see um yeah i'm not I'm not quite sure yeah but Dolph Ziggler's a great show i hadn't even thought about that because yeah he does he does Rely a lot on his body language to mm-hmm. to because he because I, again I noted your crumple physics which I love because that's just it's, I loved uh, Lita growing up I mean I still do I'm a 31 year old man I still love Lita uh, but you know it was, it, it, she had this crumple physics thing which made everything look more impactful made and Ziggler has the same where where yeah. he some say he could do he overdoes it sometimes but you know it's still effective it still makes the I big moves be be important and. Uh, there's I don't think there's few better that you could take reference points from as is Dolph Ziggler, who I mean folk may, may say that I'm wrong in saying, but he is kinda the the kind of come down from you had like Shawn Michaels and we'll to say uh, Shawn Michaels is yeah, great, so yeah, Shawn Michaels and you had maybe even a bit of Jeff Hardy in there as well with, with how he made you used, used his body to tell a story and then you have Ziggler who who's been doing it for well, geez, uh, 2006, I think he's doing it since, uh, in WWE anyway, so he's, he's certainly been able to tell a story with his body for so long that he's still oh. active and still putting on uh, great matches as well. So you had that one, you had that match, and that was your kind of confidence, uh, your icebreaker when it came to wrestling. Uh, and, then, and then not even, was it two matches later, you were back out again. So Casabella was taking on the the Struthers sisters, Maven Raven Struthers, and she needed a tag team partner, and out you came. So again, were you just was was it just a you were put forward for this, or was there a space and you went, I'll do it? What was how how did you end up in the second match on the same night? Well, uh, that's a good question. How, how did I end up in that match? <laughs> I must have
1: agreed to it. Um, no, I, I. Well, I mean Catsavella needed someone of some stature to take on those two, right? Because they are scary. <laughs> um nah, I that that was kind of just the the kind of the plan for a, a little while that we didn't tell people like Catsavella and I have a similar-ish aesthetic, same colours. Um our characters go quite hand in hand as I'm this like Monarch,
0: and she's my kitty cat, you know, sort of thing. Um, yeah, there you go. So it's kind of like a like again, I'm just using a Dalton Castle reference, but you're kind of like a peacock, like just yeah. your colors and, and all that. And then, like, say, Catsabella comes in. Uh, I remember really enjoying this match as well because it was just that was just madness. Uh, it was just everyone <laughs> everywhere. And the, the fact that you're still doing a, a, an hour match, so second match in on your first show is still, is still just. Madness uh, in itself, because if the first match went—I mean, you say you weren't happy with it—but if the first match went absolutely disastrous, and then you're expected to come out again, and I... uh, yeah, that would have been probably the the the, the worst thing for your confidence ever. Yeah. But the crowd loved you. I uh, remember that the crowd were were very much just happy to see London Loveless. I think there was there was was there. I don't know if there was a group of your friends there, but there was there was definitely a good um like cluster of people doing absolutely nuts for you yeah yeah yeah, yeah. they they come every time
1: <laughs> <laughs> there was a few less of them at the last show a few days ago but i have grown in fans now and so it'll always be there
0: So well, you had that first two matches in the bag in the pocket out of sight. and it, what were your kind of how did you come away from that show? Was it was it just like, right, I know what I'm gonna do, I know what I need to do next, kind of thing, or was there any particular anyone took you aside particularly that gave you a little bit of a little bit of an extra puzzle to this this puzzle of a wrestling character that you're you're going for? I mm,
1: well, I mean, to contextualize it a bit, I think one of the reasons that I was a bit like in my head, so to speak, in the first match with Tom is because I take naturally to being quite heelish, so (laughs) knowing full well that Tom is a heel, I have to try and work a a face um, angle, Uh, so now now I'm much more comfortable with that face angle, or at least
0: as a tweener, as I say, (laughs) but go on. (laughs) I was going to say, yeah, if 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 you get the crowd on your side, you can do anything. As in, you could be the, you could be overly confident, but as long as as you've got the charisma to back up, it doesn't matter what side you're on, I suppose. Okay. But yeah, I suppose when 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 I'm thinking about the match uh, back again, yeah, the the whole character of Love and Love Lust, Lust, Love and Love Lust, does scream just bad, <laughs> bad, bad, bad person, bad, sure. bad guy. But um, I mean, you're still able to kind of pull it into the middle land of you can do bad stuff, but as long as, like I say, if you've got the charisma to pull it off, then it really doesn't matter. And you've got Catsabella, who's, like, adorable next year. you. Exactly. So how, how can you be booed when you've got her next year? And then you've got Jade Black as well, so there's a nice, nice little contingent that you've got going on. I mean, could easily give it a couple of shows down the line It could easily turn into be sound a bit more sinister, but um, right as of right now, if, um, what I'm hearing and what I'm seeing is is you're, you're you're able to kind of, as I said, ride that line of, of just just good enough to, to be cheered, but you know there's there's a little there's an edge there somewhere. There uh, for London love lost. I think that's what I was I thinking at a preview. I even suggested it. I was even suggesting that maybe maybe it needs to be a darker side yeah. of love lost. And I saw the results. I was like, no, they're not going that direction at all. So that's that's oh well. My 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 track record with predictions are horrific. Anyway, well, so. well, I
1: mean, if, if you watch the match with Iona and I back, I think she starts as the fan favorite, but then I end as the fan favorite. So well, anyways, she was I was being quite pedantic and you know, my uh manager Catalina doing my uh giving me my water and <laughs> dabbing my my sweat. So yeah, I wasn't really wrestling. So I think, if anything, I was a bit heelish at the beginning, and she was a bit more faceish. but she got a bit pissed off with that. So,
0: <laughs> right. wrestling is, is so weird and subjective anyway. So, like, like I, I, I won't beat myself too much, but yeah, like, so as long as you can pull it off, then there's nothing that you can't do in wrestling, which uh, is weird. It's because it is. It's just a, it's, it's panto of the highest art form, in my opinion, um, when it comes yeah. to that. So, we came into the second show then at Rebel, and we were we well well into the uh, the whole Struthers sisters uh, running up to war games. Um, I'm just, just getting the results again in front of me. Uh, so yeah, as I said, you were against Diana on a, on a sky, and she ended up siding with the Struthers sisters, uh, even though you said that they're outside of of wrestling events. They're they're nice people. And even though, I mean I interviewed them for the start of the season of the show and and they were they were very nice but there was always a little bit of fear, mm-hmm. uh, at my end anyway. Uh, so, <laughs> so you had that. You brought Katzebella and Jade Black as well, and and formed the House of Lovelust. Mm. So what was the, what was the kind of idea behind House of Lovelust? So you already had that kind of connection with Katzebella from the first show. How did you bring in Jade Black? So Jade Black
1: is a fairly new. And um, from the moment that she walked in, we were pretty, like, friendly with each other. And we're we're a similar age, so we've uh, grown up with similar references to WE and stuff. Um, And she also has a natural background in gymnastics. So, uh, yeah, she's also just another... Baby face that can make the crowd
0: love me <laughs> no, I, I don't use her i don't <laughs> I'm liking this I'm liking this I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how this, uh, how this evolves um, but yeah, so that, that's great then so you've got someone who like I say similar age, so if, if you if someone if Aisha makes a reference about something from early 2000s and you're confused, at least jade's going to be there confused with you well uh, actually, you know what jade is much more educated on it than i am <laughs> but i'll give it that <laughs> well speaking of that you said you you've you've, you've got the pennies together and you've got the wwe network um how how far have you went back are you still just kind of reliving uh, the the pay-per-views and shows that that you remember when you were growing up mm-hmm. every now and then i get to watch one that i haven't seen
1: that's a bit older uh what was the last one that i watched I think the last one I
0: watched was Lita's farewell match. Uh, oh, God. I From 2006.
1: I think it's, yeah, I think it's 2006. And I was bloody shocked at the way they treated it. Well, I mean, obviously, things were so different back then, but I don't know who those two guys were bringing out her panties and shit, but like,
0: damn. Like. Oh, the wonderful time of crime time. <laughs> Is yeah. that who they are? Yeah, JTG and Shad Gaspard. That was that was a very interesting time in wrestling. <laughs> uh, I think it was two thousand six, maybe two thousand seven, actually. But uh, either way, yeah, it's it's yeah. When you go back and I suppose yeah, when and when you when you started watching two thousand nine, two thousand ten ish kind of thing. Yeah, it was still divas, but there was a bit more wrestling involved. Whereas yeah, yeah two thousand six with Lita and her and, and her box of of uh, stuff. <laughs> that was that was thrown into the crowd. At least you got a redemption. At least you got a, a redemption with yeah. uh, Becky Lynch and, and the rumble appearances pre previously there was there was a yeah a bit of that back but so oh, oh, one odd one to pop in was just did you just want to see a Lita match? Was it how did you end up on that one in particular? I think uh me and my
1: manager, so I, I live with my flatmate slash manager, Catalina. <laughs> um <laughs> When we have the time, we'll just, like, one of us will say a wrestler's name and one of us will say a year, if they're around that year, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, And then we'll just see what comes up. Uh, yeah.
0: Right. I'm going to see what was what was the rest of this card because I'm just curious. Uh I mean, we'll often look. It's it's really just the women
1: that we watch. And we'll often look up all the years and there's never anything. Actually, Jade Black told me to watch... um Oh, 1989, Team May versus Team Mueller or something.
0: Oh that's I mean that's before my time. Uh, but if it's something with jumping bomb angels, you're probably into into a good into a good uh scala stuff because yeah there there's, there's pretty good stuff around about then and I've forgotten the event which is, which it was. So we'll just we'll just leave it there. I thought it was a no mercy. I think it's survivor series, but I might be wrong. Uh, let's see. We'll find it. I mean, we're a professional podcast here, where I'm just going to take my time and and find this uh Survivor Series. This is great for everyone that's listened to the audio version of me typing, (laughs) because I'm just so curious what it was now. Uh, let's see.
1: I've also never watched the match where Lita almost broke a neck.
0: I really want to watch that one. Oh, it's a yeah, Raw match. I think the main event and she. Like broke it. Re- well, I don't think she broke her neck in that match. She broke it on Dark Angel, um, doing a stunt, doing stunt work. I think, but yeah, there was a disgusting, uh, yeah that was just yeah. horrific to work, uh, watch. I mean, there was a, a documentary Unforgiven. That's what it was. Unforgiven. Um. Um, there was a documentary on WWE recently. It might be actually an interview with the Stone Cold Steve Austin that really kind of. um Went through it and and discussed it. So, yeah, Trish tries to be a leader by nice submission. Well, that's what we got here. So, we got Joy Nitro against Jeff Hardy. Always good. Bit of Melina. Nice. Oh, wasn't it? Uh, Kane versus Umaga. Uh, oh I, bet that was, I bet that was terrible. Uh, We've got the Spirit Squad. There you go. There's a bit of uh, Dolph Ziggler. He wasn't in the match, though. He was Springside. Against the Highlanders. For anyone who wants to revisit that, I love the Highlanders because they had kilts. Was cooler than that. Uh, DX versus Big Show, Mr. McMahon and Shane McMahon, Hell in oh. Cell, Estrada versus Lita, Randy Orton versus Carlito, and John Cena versus Edge. So, if everyone wants to go revisit Unforgiven two thousand and six, there you go. There's uh, so many names there that are just so like, oh, you know, I know that people. I mean, people didn't like this era, and um, it was just a bit weird. And then when I go back through the shows, I'm like, how, how can you not like this? This is just entertainment of of a highest order. In my opinion, anyway, because I I'm not one of those people that had the break. I never stopped. I was always so from 1999 to now. I've, I've just never stopped watching. Yeah. Um, and when people go, oh, I, I took a break then and came back at this point. I'm like, oh, there's a lot happened in that break. In the middle, as ones that come in like yeah, quite late on 2010, like yourself. I'm like, well, people didn't like this, but I suppose if you came into it at that time, then. What else have you, got? you will, yeah, exactly. Well, you're not going to, you're not going to be uh, cooing over the Archidera because you never watched it. So, mm. how, how are you going to, how are you going to coo about something you never? See? I wouldn't go back to the Archidera if you're looking for women's stuff anyway. No, nah. no, I don't imagine. No, no, it's it's yeah. If you thought if you thought Lita's box being uh, thrown about was was this uh, in, in bad taste, Archidera was not for you. <laughs> it was. <laughs> It was a time. <laughs> um, uh, so, uh, had that, then we got we got your two matches in. We're, we're building towards. This. You've had your match with Iowa Sky. This is building to to War Games, uh, Power of Three, and uh, got new 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 bit of confidence. You've got Catalina. You've got the House of Lovelust. Everything's kind of coming up London, uh, so to speak, as you come into this show. So, of course, it was a three on three. You ended up winning, um, but of course, it was bits... This afterwards that, that maybe he didn't come out looking like a winner. Yeah. But, but how would you feel about that, that three-on-three match? So again, this is you, you've been put into the deep end, really, when it comes to Renegade. So you had your t- first two matches in your first show. Um, you're put in with Iona, who's got a bit more experience in training, but even then it's really her second match. Um, and then you're put into this this three-on-three environment, which is a, a big main event, again, main event of the show as well. So uh, how, how do you feel about the match, and how do you feel about being thrust into these kind of big situations, big opportunities in Renegade. I mean I mean yeah it was it was I remember saying saying
1: backstage like oh shit with the main event like <laughs> with the last one we need to like leave them leave the crowd you know going home happy which the Struthers did not do <laughs> but uh I mean in ways, I want to say, as arrogant as this might sound, I want to say, like, the stage is my place to shine. And I take to these big opportunities well, usually. So it was it was mainly excitement. And like, I'm, I'm very, I'm very proud of what I've done. And I'm very proud of the House of
0: Lost. And the we will save the bat. <laughs> so I mean, that's pretty much us up to date when it comes to your actual in-ring uh, work itself. Um, I'll go through my. We've got loads of questions on Facebook. Uh, Facebook. God, how old am I? Twitter. It's Twitter. That's just on. Uh, I, I'm. I think. I don't know whether it's because I'm getting older or if I'm going to be a, a dad soon. I'm just. I'm just like growing up and and getting all the dad stuff in. But I call everything the Facebook at the moment, and it's just. It's. I don't even mean to and it annoys me when my own folks do it and somehow it's just it's just happening it's it's evolving Um, I'm sorry I've got loads of questions in and we've got our our two silly questions I don't know if anyone that renegades has given you the heads up of 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 this ridiculous questions we ask uh everyone um but we'll go through the ones that that people have asked first we've got Leo McLean Mm -hmm. you're see that episode with us uh, a couple of a week or so ago for those that are in the continuity timeline. Um it just asked, How do you prepare for a match with the Struthers sisters? That was a good question.
1: Um <laughs> I usually prepare for a match with them by doing lots and lots of squats because <laughs> they won't ex well, I mean, I'm saying this here and now, so maybe it's not the wisest thing to do, but to answer your question or to answer Leo's question. Um, they don't I don't think they expect me to be able to overpower them so then when I crack that out it's like oh shit you know uh I prepare by doing that I don't often get a manicure done because they'll just ruin it yeah. um, which they like to do which they did on the first show very rude um but yeah what else I do? Obviously teamwork amongst the House of Love Lost because it was a, a team match and perhaps I, I re-study and re-watch sort of their sort of
0: offence, you know, and maybe keep a close eye on them in training sort of thing. Very good. Uh, we've got Chris Farrell uh, of Chris Farrell Photography for all your photography needs. Uh, he's put, what's your favourite photo that he's taken of you? Oh, that... That's another good question. My favorite photo that he's taken of
1: me is let me show you. It's the one that's pinned to the top of my timeline on Twitter.
0: It's uh, this one because I just think I read. I don't know if you can see that. I, I can see it. I'm just getting it up on the, on the Twitter as well. Just just uh, on the Twitter. I'm now. I'm just doing it unconsciously. <laughs> that's that's annoying me so much. <laughs> um, yes, I can see it now. Yes, very very uh, radiant and. And I said peacocking. That's that's pretty much that's what we've got there. That's what we've got going on. Peacocky. Peacocks are one of my favorite animals. So I never maybe I subconsciously
1: like thought about that when I was designing what I wanted to wear or figuring out what I wanted to wear. But no, yes, Chris, this is my favorite photo because it's just
0: this glorious snapshot of my gorgeousness. Yes. And we've got uh, Regina Rosendahl as well. They've that uh, she's asked, "Why are you so obsessed with her?"
1: Oh, girl, I and I am obsessed with you. She, oh, I could talk all day about Regina. She is an incredible woman. Um, why am I obsessed? With her? I think I'm obsessed with her because she's just like this powerful, beautiful human that is like colorful and has some great offense so I'm just like wow I look up to you like I want to be like you um oh if I ever got the opportunity to tag team with her or even be in a match against her that would be
0: a dream come true she is she's a remarkable woman another one that I've been lucky enough to have a chat with and yeah she's just unapologetic she's what you see is what you get with Regina oh. and she's just like well if if, if you want if if you want to see me batter someone, that's what's going to happen. Right. If you know, <laughs> and so it's it's yeah, just just excellent and uh, confident, uh, confident, uh, absolutely. Um, fun. Yeah. The last question is a bit of a weird one uh, in this particular section. It's from Ian Skinner. I don't know if you've you've had the pleasure of meeting Ian Skinner before. Uh, he, is, think... he is he's a character. Uh, he's just put what do you what do you like about this picture of General Grievous, and uh, just put a picture of General Grievous up with uh, the four lightsabers. Well, I presume this is because it's the May the Fourth, be with you, Dave. That's probably that is probably it. Uh, although it's probably twenty three hours ago, so he, he was ju- he was on the- he was jumping he was jumping um, on the gun by putting out on the third, uh, May the third. That's that's not a thing. Uh, so yeah, uh, any thoughts on Star Wars in general as as a youngin? <laughs> Never seen it. <laughs> Don't hate me. <laughs> that's fine. It's 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 I've I've only ever seen it. I've seen. I saw the originals. I wasn't. I wasn't alive for them. Um, I saw them later, and and I've seen the, the the original the the like redone trilogy episode one to three, and then I watched Force Awakens, and that's about all I've gotten. So we're I'm terrible for May the fourth because I have uh, no, no idea. I mean, I, I think I know where that that particular picture is from the episode, the the film, but I'm too scared to say which because I'm probably wrong, uh, because you know. Star Wars fans, much like wrestling fans, are quite opinionated. And they're mm-hmm. quite terrifying when they need to be. <laughs> so, so we got that. That was, that was the last question that came in today. Absolutely weird. Thank you, Ian, for just never Thank never you. changing. Oh. Uh, but no, there's, there's some excellent questions. The questions that we ask, though, they're a bit... they're just as stupid. Uh, the first question being, what's your favourite dinosaur? My favourite dinosaur? Oh, my God. Ooh. I'm not too educated on dance on but... There's no limits. So it could be something from pop culture. It could be a, a Pokemon. It could be anything as long as it could be a dinosaur. That, that's pretty much the only uh, remake here. So it can be a Pokemon or not? No, it can be as long as it's a dinosaur. So like apparently, po- apparently, what apparently you got a uh, Trinitar and you got, uh, I mean, I've said right. Charizard, but apparently I'm wrong. He's a dragon. No dragon type though. Uh, we've got Charmander. Charmander's still a dinosaur, I think. I would say. So you know, there's there's still like people could answer Barney. That oh, could be a dinosaur. Uh, someone answered Harmony Sky said turkey dinosaurs. Um so there's there's loopholes if you if you want to if you don't want to answer an actual dinosaur that may or may not have existed. I oh. From dinosaurs that I do know, I quite
1: like pterodactyls because they can fly. But I also um, like, is it, di- is it the Diplodocus that is like the tall one, the really
0: tall one? Uh, no, because um, there's a few of them. I didn't really use to start learning about dinosaurs. Uh, dip, diplodocus. Yeah that's, well, yeah, that's the long one with the, the yes. big long neck. Yeah.
1: I like um, Diplodocai, perhaps.
0: I confuse them with the Brachiosaurus because it's kind of quite similar and long-neckage uh, when it comes to dinosaurs, but no, that's no, fine. They're all solid, solid choices of dinosaurs. Uh, it's, it's weird. I've only got maybe an Earth, an Earth 20 times I'm going to ask this question and then and then it's gone forever. Nobody gets to know what other people's dinosaurs are, their favourite dinosaurs from that point. Um, the other question we ask is, what would we in a fight, two sheep or one cow? Could you say that again and repeat that please. <laughs> Who would win in a fight? Two sheep or one cow? Two sheep or one cow? Ooh. I actually feel... Hmm.
1: Well, are we talking just
0: generic? Two sheep and one cow? Again, this is up to your imagination. It could be it could be a Highland cow, it could be two... Uh-huh. Uh, it could be a calf against two lambs. It could be anything. I'm. You know what? I'm going to say the cow. Because
1: sheep are quite timid, and I've tried to chase sheep before, and they don't really, yeah, accept
0: me into their their herd. <laughs> um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go cow. Fair enough. That's that's I'm so There's no wrong answer there. Uh, <laughs> Brilliant. Yes, would... What, what you want? <laughs> There's, there's no wrong answer. However, again, back to Leo McLean, because I'm still fascinated by this. He, set, he, he sent me to a video on YouTube of a sheep against a cow. And <sighs> it was only 15 seconds, but it answered all the questions I needed in my life. So uh, for again, this is probably the fourth episode in a row I've done this now. Go Google sheep versus cow on YouTube, people, because it's fascinating. And it just means I am right <laughs> as well. Um, so we've, got, we've covered all the, all that and the shenanigans of our questions as well. And uh, we'll move on to looking at the future of London Lovelust. Uh, of course, you've had a few matches in Renegade uh, Wrestling Dojo now. Um, are you, is this quite happy where you are at the moment? Or is any any possible inklings or plans to maybe to spread your wings elsewhere? Well, Aisha is
1: away for a year, sadly, um, as she announced at the last show. In Japan, becoming the legend she already is um so i'm i'm quite happy well i'm very happy as renegade as my uh home base but i have had um a couple of promoters here and there um say they're interested in having me on their um shows i won't i won't mention exactly where just in case yeah you know, it doesn't follow through but i had Someone uh, in Finland interested. I had someone in, oh, it's bad of me, it's either Austria or Germany interested. Uh, and one other Scottish um, promotion so far. So I'm not opposed to branching out. London Lovelust is very keen to travel and see the world. So <laughs> please put <book> me. <laughs>
0: Um, that's why so I want to ask you what promotions you want to try and get to because I think that might cause some spoilers, but I assume um your 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 big companies like your your i mean again ones you may not have seen, but have heard of, things like discovery and i w and eve and and all that kind of stuff be places you want to at least tick off on your on your journey of uh, for London lovelust. um is there any particular opponents we've already mentioned we've already mentioned uh, regina Rosendahl being someone you want to get in the ring with is there any anyone on your shortlist that you want to? get in the ring and, and have a wrestle with in the near future in the near future so it has to be like doable well we'll start we do have a question that'll follow up that'll be okay. future. but we'll, we'll go with near future so yeah doable mm-hmm. i would love
1: to wrestle Aisha raymond um i mean we get on very well as people but i would just love to see how long i can outlast her last against her before she defeats me (laughs) um also not many people can pick me up and throw me around because i'm deceptively heavy in six feet so uh leo mclean i'd also love to wrestle with because he is uh a whippet in the ring uh with some great offense Hmm, who else again i mean i'd love to go against my my partner jade Jade Black because we're of similar moves and similar, yeah, our bodies move in similar ways. So um,
0: she's she's part of my team so. for for now. Uh, so I mean, I don't I don't know I don't know what they're feeding the folks that come out of of well because Renegade uh, takes place at Source Wrestling School as well. But there's all these six feet folk that are coming out of that school uh, coming out of over there. It's just ridiculous it's yourself and you've got like uh colton davis and yeah. um uh, cody crawford as well as but over six foot adm of course so it's i don't i, I don't know what's happening uh down in down, in down there and they're just they're just breeding giants coming <laughs> coming out of there um so yeah we'll, we'll expand the question like so after that because the last question is a fantasy booking one so vince mcmahon's phoned or well, oh, it will be Vince McMahon, because you're a WWE person, so that's that's fine. That makes it easier for me. Uh, Vince McMahon's phone, he said, he's given you the main event at WrestleMania. He said that you get to choose the match, the stipulation, your opponent or opponents. So it could be a tag team match. It could be a, a six-person Hell in a Cell. It could be anything you want. You get to choose it. What would, you, what would it be? Oh, my God. You're in it, of course. You're in the match, I should say. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, you get pick. get you get to organize it all uh what would it be oh my god oh i mean
1: i could do anything oh my i'm just gonna go with my instincts and not overthink it too much my instinct would say my instinct would say like the the groundbreaking first ever intergender royal rumble I, mean, I know there have been women and men competing each, but it's usually just one, like Santina Marilla or like Nia Jax. Yeah. So, yeah, my instinct would be an intergender rumble. And then I would love to see the likes of Mickey James who is one of my top tier wrestlers of all time. The way she sells her moves. Um, Rhea Ripley Obsessed with her And her gimmick Absolutely obsessed Love her Um, Charlotte Flair I do love her Um, Just her like sadistic Fucking Nasty side I love Um, And she's a bitch (laughs) Which I kind of want to be
0: Who else I'm already sold, by the way, because Royal Rumble's my favorite event of the year. And to, have it, the event, event. to have it in the main event at WrestleMania and be it intergender, I'm like, ah, yes. Give me, right. give me give me, Charlotte beaten up. I know I do so. Just give me something like that. I'm, I'm all in board. I'm on board for this already. Oh, yeah. Right? It sounds incredible. We should make it up at well. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get Vince on the phone. I'll DM him and <laughs> I'll get it right. suggested. But no, yeah, that's. that's I like that you've like not many people take advantage of this. Cause when I say anything? Literally anything, and you're the first person to bring up a rumble of any description. I'm like, really? how else? If you if you come in number one, and you're in charge of this, you're going to get to the end at very least. Wow. So you can you can go you can pick 29 people that you just want to be in the ring with. Yeah, rumble one, one of them. Yeah, exactly. Number one, you're in first. Number two, Charlotte Flair. And number three, uh, I don't know. Bolton Castle you can bring him in uh so you can just you can it's it's to your mind's can. Uh, yeah absolutely excellent plan I'm happy with that uh, right, so I think i think we've we've kinda delved into the, the house of lovelust a little bit we've got to learn a little bit more about you um where can people find out more about the Monarch of the house of lovelust
1: oh the only place as of now that you can find out more about. Uh, London Love Lost and the House of Love Lost is my Twitter handle, which is simply just London Love Lost. Yes,
0: easy to remember. That's right. Oh, well, great! Well, thank you very much for taking the time to speak to me today. Uh, is there anything else you want to plug before we go? You have you got any merch coming out soon, or are you just, uh, or, or or just have to wait, wait patiently for that. Well, the creative juices are
1: flowing in my mind, and I'm training vigorously. so just wait.
0: <laughs> Excellent. Well, thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks for having me.